0: You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, listeners. This is part two in a two part series in which I talk to my friend Sarah Donnelly, who is an English teacher, stand up comedian, and American. In this episode, we talk about lots of different things in response to questions which were sent in by listeners to Luke's English Podcast on Facebook. So listen closely and you'll hear us talking about all kinds of things. I hope you enjoy the episode. That's it for now. Francesco says, hi Sarah and hi Luke. Hello. Here in Italy we're famous for our food, wine and our historical heritage, but not certainly as English learners I mean they 're not famous for learning english uh, yeah, I don't know. or <laughs> teachers <laughs> all right English
1: it- teachers or teachers no
0: he's saying she's saying he she wait a minute francesco
1: he, he, yeah he. that's a man
0: uh, he's saying that in Italy they're not famous for being good English learners, all right um in your opinion, where do you think they have a good teaching method or technique and why? Where are the best teachers
1: of English yes I, I don't
0: <laughs> in this room I think
1: yeah right here um, good good answer that no that's why Luke's the best English teacher because he came up with that answer <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think I know the answer to this question
0: uh, I, I would say probably. Oh, God, that, that's a very difficult question. Yeah. Who, who are the best teachers? My,
1: I, my question to you be, why do you, do you want to know that? Do you want to go to the place where they have the best I teachers? Think, I think or he's just
0: curious to see he's what curious. our answer is. He just wants to know what we think about that question. I think probably depends. There are different methods, aren't there, for teaching. In my opinion, I think that... Well, see, I'm biased towards a certain approach to teaching, which has been sort of which I studied when I did, like, Cambridge teaching certificates. So I think probably in England... I, I can't say that other countries teach badly, because I'm sure that they're brilliant as well. But I know that in England we've developed um, approaches to teaching a language. You know, it's quite advanced, because English teaching is now a big industry, and it's, yeah. it, it's been going on for many years so there are academics, many, many academics all over the country um, studying the, you know, acquisition of second languages, studying the methods for for teaching. And so, you know, it's academically it's quite in quite an advanced um, stage. So I'd say that I think there's a lot of expertise in the UK when it comes to um, teaching uh, a second language. Um, but then again, you know, I'm sure the French have got their 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 experts too and and uh, America too. Yeah,
1: America has a lot of focus on teaching English as a second language. Uh, one of my good friends uh, got her master's in this in the United States. Uh, so
0: I would sorry, just to interrupt. Sure. I would say, actually, I think the Americans are probably maybe even ahead of us in in the UK because um, some of the groundbreaking, um, academics in the study of, of learning a second language have been American. Like someone like Noam Chomsky oh. was considered, you know, he was one of the, 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 the leading academics on the whole subject. Uh, and so if you look at the history of teaching English or the history of the understanding of, of second language acquisition, certainly in, 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 in the Western world, maybe just in English, Um, it's the Americans first who kind of, uh, you know, broke a lot of ground in terms of academic research. It's a difficult question to answer in a balanced way.
1: You know, it really depends on what works for you as a student and what you expect from your teachers and what you're used to Mm. as well. Because I think Americans in the classroom have a certain style that we've learned through going through school in the U.S. through our teachers. So yeah. uh, to some people that could be unnerving, maybe. Yeah. Uh, too maybe casual.
0: Yes, too uh, informal. Yeah,
1: too informal. So, you know, Th- there you go.
0: That's kind of one of the, the barriers that you have to get over as a, a, an English language teacher is that you have your all of your uh, academic background and all of your understanding of what makes a, a good uh, uh, English lesson, and then when you get a room full of students who come from different countries, yeah. they all have their own version or understanding of what you should be doing. Right. And when you're not doing this thing that they think you should be doing, they kind of... Sometimes they can freak out a little bit and they can be like, oh, what's this? This, this, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. So, for example, if the approach is like, well, the, let's say the understanding is, well, the teacher is, is not high, higher in status than the, the students, mm. the, the, the students, the teacher, everyone is on the same level of status. Therefore, the teacher doesn't have to wear a suit. He can wear a pair of jeans and a T-shirt, just like everyone else in the room. And that's fine because everyone's on the same level of status. Now, some students from some cultures might see the teacher turn up in a in a t shirt and kind of immediately think, "There's no way I can learn anything from this person. Right. Look, he's just wearing a t shirt right. and jeans." So sometimes you get this sense of conflict between what the students expect, what the teacher understands to be a good method. It, ultimately, it's a negotiation yeah. between the people in the class in that at that moment and the teacher and you've got to try and again think of it from the student's point of view and just find the the path of least resistance and what's the most direct way of on one hand trying to teach in the best way that you think is possible and on the other hand meeting their expectations in order to avoid some kind of you know, culture shock in, in the classroom. There could
1: be a little culture shock in the classroom bo- in both directions. Mm. So mm. I think, you know, and it makes sense. You're with people from different countries and, you know, we're all used to different methodologies. Uh, so you, both as a teacher and a student, you ha- just have to keep an open mind.
0: Yeah. And you've got to be patient yeah. as well. Um, let's see. Gloria. Hi, Luke and Sarah.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: Have you had nightmare teaching experiences? I have, and I've already gone through them in great detail on the podcast. Um, but I wonder if you have, Sarah.
1: Um, I haven't had any nightmare teaching experiences. And I think I'm very lucky uh, at this point in my teaching career. Mm. Uh, so I say... No, Luke's talked about them. Let's let's just sail on and say, no yeah. problems here. Okay. Everything's great.
0: Gloria says also, can you share one or some of them, but as a comedian? Well, I would say, go back to the previous episodes of, of, uh, of the podcast. To be honest, the, the episodes where I talked about uh, my difficult teaching experiences weren't really comedy episodes. They were, <laughs> they were supposed to be uh, yeah. Just I don't know, just like personal experiences, and uh, with a with a view to reflecting on 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 uh, ways of teaching, and the whole situation of being a, a language teacher. Um, but it could be good, couldn't it? Don't you think? Should I build a, a comedy routine out of a teaching experience?
1: Of cu- I mean, sure, you can.
0: It's yeah. possible. Well, I've I've got one about teaching airport staff.
1: Yes, which is very funny. But I would say. You should share that, you know, in your comedy context, and invite your listeners to find you in that way.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, It's difficult to know how to mix the two things up: English podcast and my comedy stuff. Sometimes they don't mix up. It's a
1: different hat.
0: It is a different hat, exactly, exactly. Exactly. I put on my comedy hat, and I'm like, "Hey, everybody!" (laughs) I don't don't speak like that, but you know,
1: he does. He does. It's not true. Hey, everybody! He's actually he actually just puts on a big dinosaur costume and <laughs> why are
0: my arms so small? <laughs> um, and then uh, and then you know I wear my my suit and then it's like hello welcome to the English lesson let's get serious it's time to learn some English
1: that's very serious <laughs> that's very good very yeah. authoritative
0: um, right so there you go and just uh, all right our artists. Says, hi, Sarah and Luke. Hi. Hi. I'm studying, um, I'm studying a graduation in London. So studying a degree, I expect, in London to become a Spanish teacher. All right. So studying a qualification, doing a course in London to become a Spanish teacher. I don't have any previous experience in teaching, but I'm really looking forward to starting this new job in the future. What advice would you give me about that? Was it hard for you for your first days of teaching? Thank you very much. Bye. Uh, Don't go yet. We haven't finished.
1: Bye. um, Um, Any
0: advice uh, for a new teacher?
1: Well, I think your motivation is good. That's key. Uh, You're excited. Like I said, I'm still learning. So I'm going to go to Luke. Luke, what's your advice? My
0: advice for um, first-time teachers I would say at the beginning, don't be scared to try new things, all right? So at the beginning, you know, it's, it's hard to become really good at, at teaching. It is. And the way you do it is to you, be brave. Take a, you know, have a bit of courage and try and do some new, some new things. Follow what uh, you think is the right thing to do, but also enjoy it. And enjoy experimenting with different ways of teaching the language, okay? Don't be afraid to bring your personality into it a bit. Um, not too much. You shouldn't be the dominating force in the room. But, um, you know, bring your enthusiasm into the classroom as well because that will give, the, give a bit of spice to the lesson and maybe give a bit of energy to proceedings.
1: I kind of feel like um, I don't have to be perfect I don't have to know all of the answers and just to reassure yourself that uh, mm. I, I don't think students expect that maybe some do but
0: some do a little bit
1: but I think at the same time your students can respect the fact if you say you know I'm going to double check for you and I'm going to get back to you at the next class and then when you follow through with that that's then you've won your credibility back if, well, uh, not that you lost it but Because I get nervous about, oh, I don't know everything about everything. And, you know, okay, maybe some people expect that. That's not reasonable. We're people. Mm. We're learning. Mm. Um, So, yeah.
0: Another thing to remember, Artis, I guess, if you're teaching Spanish, the main advantage you've got is that you're a, a native speaker of Spanish. And you should always fall back on that. And if someone asks you a question about the language and you think, oh, my God, that's a bit of an area of grammar that's difficult for me. You can always fall back on the, f- the fact that you just know what's right and wrong through instinct. And you can just say, well, what do people actually say in my country? And then you just say, well, people don't say that, they say this. And your student might say, well, why? And sometimes the best answer you can give is just, well, just because they don't. You know, it, again, it could be collocation. It just but these words go together. This is very common, very yeah. frequent Frequently occurring piece of language. That's just the way it works
1: in the, some, Spanish. Yeah, language. you sometimes you can't you can't explain every nuance of language. Why do people say things like this? Because they do, and it might not even be technically grammatically mm. correct. Uh, I, I found for myself when I was learning French uh, in my beginner levels, there were people who really wanted to know the theory, uh, which is fine. But for me, I was like, I was less interested. I don't need to know why at the very nuanced level we have to say things like this. I just want to know that that's what I say. Mm. And if I can understand that, I'm happy. And I think that's satisfactory for a lot of students as well. Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Right. Michael Alexander Rees says, could you interview more British people? Oh, um, what else does he
1: say? <laughs> I, read, a, I read this comment and I was like, hey.
0: He said, could you interview more British people, Teacher Luke, please? Well, you know, I guess that's because people who listen to this, to an extent, they, they, they want to get their fix of British English. Oh, but I think, uh, as sorry. I said, I, I responded to that by saying, um, well, I think, you know, I understand. I understand why he's written that. But I also think that it's good to get some variety and if it's just British English all the time, that's going to be a slightly narrow view. Obviously, it's a, it's a British English podcast mainly, but I think that doesn't mean that, that uh, I can't have American guests on the show. Well, it's your show, yeah, so yeah, exactly. you can
1: do whatever you want. I can
0: do whatever I want. I think it's, I, I, I'm very happy to have different variations of English on the show and that includes american english if i you know i wish i knew more australian people because i'd have you know australian friends on the show south africans new zealand you know uh, i wish i had more scottish friends i'd invite more of them onto the show and i'd love to have you know i just want to have every variation of uh english in the show to be honest yeah now it's a british english show because i'm luke and i'm from the UK You're
1: British yeah
0: so of course that's the <laughs> default setting for Luke's English podcast but I think it's great to have people who speak the different f- versions of English in, it's in the, the spice of life exactly variety variety
1: well maybe he didn't mean it in a, in a negative way
0: I, th- I don't think so I don't think anyone means anything in a negative way in Luke's in the world of Luke's English podcast okay. and if they do then you know then uh, I might throw a custard pie in their right. face yeah.
1: Very English thing to do.
0: Yes, indeed. Right. Nail, Nail, Nale says, could you please ask her how to entirely understand English news more efficiently? I've listened to the BBC News podcasts for several months, but I still sometimes find it difficult to understand. Right. So <laughs> in no more than 10 sentences, how can you entirely understand English news more efficiently I think it's a fair question I suppose because you know but mm. but what do you think um, you could throw it back to me if you
1: I want. would say well this is like a challenge now um, repetition uh-huh. uh, I personally read both the French news and I read a French paper and the New York Times uh, every day so I'd say repetition is key Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're already doing that, which is good. I think you probably have made gains that you maybe don't realize. If you've are doing, if you been doing this for several months, that certainly has to be having an impact. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: I'm sure it is. I, I would say keep going. Yeah. Just keep doing it because, you know, results, you don't often see the results until later on. It can take a long time. Yeah. And the second mm-hmm. thing is uh, a lot of people use the news, particularly BBC News, as their sort of standard for learning English, but uh, you know, you have to understand that that's not necessarily the most natural um, example of English. And in fact, the BBC News, they use lots and lots of colourful language. They're journalists, right. you know, they um, often, the things that you're listening to are have been written as well. It's not um, improvised no. orally. It's written down first and then repeated. And they're journalists. They are... They're writing in a sort of journalistic register, which is difficult to understand sometimes. Also, it could be that the subject matter is hard. Maybe these are complicated political stories or economic issues or complex sort of uh, socio-political disputes. And of course, that's difficult to understand for anyone. Sometimes I listen to the BBC News and I don't understand a lot of it, just not because of the language itself. But just because the story is complex, mm-hmm. and so that's difficult to follow. So I wouldn't feel too bad if you can't understand absolutely everything in a BBC News podcast.
1: Maybe the BBC News podcast is not the podcast for you.
0: Well, I, I think it probably mm-hmm. is, but uh, uh, persistence and patience. And also, don't be downhearted if you can't understand everything. Keep going. Um, but if you if you like, try and find something else. That, that's that, what.
1: That's only what I'm saying. Maybe yeah. you want to try something else. That I mean, you maybe something different might be good. Or maybe you say no. I like this one. Keep. I want to keep on it.
0: I wonder why Nail Nale has chosen the BBC News podcast. Is it because you have a specific interest in news? I mean, do you listen to the news in your language a lot? Are you like a real news sort of uh, addict? Uh, because if you like news in your first language, then sure, I understand why you've chosen the BBC News podcast. But if you're not really that interested in current events, or if you don't really enjoy listening to news itself, then maybe you need to find another podcast. Um, and I, BBC podcasts are really good because they're very well produced, and they're very well made, and there's a standard of quality. Um, so I would suggest that you go on to... Uh, Google BBC Podcasts. You might know this already, but anyway, BBC Podcasts, uh, and you'll find a whole directory of all of their podcasts. And they have, you know, podcasts on loads of different subjects, loads of them. Um, Not just news, you can have entertainment, uh, sports, um, all kinds of things. So have a look, and you might find one that is more appropriate to your personal preferences you know you might find one on a subject that you really like and you might just you might find that even if you don't understand everything you don't mind because you just enjoy listening to it right that's really important you gotta yeah
1: you have to enjoy what you're doing it's going to be a lot harder i mean of course there's parts of learning English, learning foreign language, which are, you know, not the most fun, but if you're trying to supplement your studies,
0: mm.
1: yeah, it should be something that interests you. Yeah.
0: Also, I would say um, to this listener that, yeah, so in, in summary, don't give up, keep listening to those podcasts, but also understand uh, that they're, they're particularly difficult ones that you're trying to, to understand. And thirdly, uh, don't feel bad if you don't understand everything. That's kind of normal. Okay, right. Done. Yeah. Let's Done. move on. Um, Peng Heng says, Well, Luke, I want to know, when two friends didn't see each other for a long time and they, have, and they meet finally, what do they always talk about? Weather, movies or other things? I'm not sure about the talking points in Western culture. Right, hmm. now, rather than explaining this, Sarah, let's demonstrate shall we okay let's imagine that I haven't seen you for like four weeks okay okay four weeks so let's let's just imagine that so I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away and I'm gonna come back and we're and I'm gonna sit down and we're just gonna catch up okay Okay. and then Peng Heng listen carefully and you can just see how we do it right okay can you just sort of explain what's happening
1: okay so Luke has now walked over to his stairs gonna go out oh he's gonna go outside okay he's, he's leaving the apartment natural. oh no okay what are you doing in my apartment it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> oh hi luke no oh, sorry that was, just a joke, right? <laughs> that was a joke it was a test okay hi luke so good to see you hey sarah how are you yeah i'm good all right oh, god it's been like so long since we've seen each other
0: no yeah it's been ages hasn't
1: uh it? Did you have a nice vacation?
0: Yeah, it was great. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah.
1: Where uh, I forgot. Where did you say that you you went?
0: We went to um, we went to the uh, Isle of Man. Yeah. You went
1: to the Isle of Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we went to the Isle of Man. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. It's quite cold, but uh, have you ever been? There? I've
1: never been. That where is that exactly? It's, I don't uh, know. it's in the sea.
0: Um, it's right, lake. it's an island. Yeah.
1: But I meant specifically located. Oh.
0: It's where? um, it's 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 sort of between England and and, and Ireland.
1: Oh, oh, okay, yeah, I know it's where it's a little
0: island in the in the sea there. Yeah, so we went we went there.
1: Oh, that's just great. A couple
0: of weeks. Did you go Remember away that?
1: somewhere? I did. I went back to the US. I saw my friends. I spent time with my parents. So it was really nice. I'm having a you know interesting time adjusting back. Trying, yeah. you know, get out of vacation mode into like yeah. work and everything.
0: Right. And how's it been getting back?
1: Oh, it's been slow. Yeah, but I've got a busy schedule ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching a few new classes, so that's exciting.
0: Oh yeah, how's yeah. it? How is the teaching going?
1: It's going good. I love my students so far. Yeah, they're really great, really eager. So yeah. I'm having fun. Are, uh, yeah. And are you still? Where are you teaching? Where are you? i
0: I'm. Teaching? I'm, uh, I'm at the university now.
1: Oh yeah! Started
0: the new job just That's uh, great. just uh, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's, it's different, um, but it's uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. Tot- a totally different teaching context. Um, it's cool. Yeah. So I'm just getting used to it at the moment. Um, it's been a bit stressful, just adjusting to the the differences. But um, no, it's great. It's, it's good. Yeah. And-
1: uh, how's your girlfriend? Oh yeah,
0: she's fine. She's good. Yeah, she's good. fine. Thanks. Yeah, she's quite busy too. But we had we had a great time on on holiday. Cool. She she liked the Isle of Man. I mean, she it was a surprise. She didn't know where we were going.
1: Oh yeah, that's fun.
0: So um, she thought, oh, where are we going? The Bahamas or nope? We're going to go to <laughs> Isle of we're Man. Going to Sydney. It's like no no no. Even better than that, we're going to go to the Isle of Man. She's like the Isle of Man. Wow. Where is that? The, the Pacific. I was like, no, it's in the North Sea. It's, in, it's in But the- she
1: liked it. You're making it sound like the way you're setting this up is you really disappointed her. So I'm not sure I believe you. She I'm wanted just, to go to Sydney. You took her to the Isle of
0: Man. I'm just kidding, really. Um, uh, she hated it. <laughs> no. We, well, okay. Back to reality. So. <laughs> back to reality again. So there you go, Penhang. I guess what we do is we, if we're we're quite good friends with a person, we ask them about what they've been doing. So we ask them about their recent activities. So, you know, um, for example, what have you been doing? So I've been on holiday or I've been working. And we ask about, often about personal experiences. Family. Um, Yeah.
1: And I think you can easily change the subject, which is what I tried to do, like you were talking about. Teachings going well, and then I just said, oh, and how's your girlfriend? Yeah, it's perfectly acceptable to Listen to someone and then change the subject to something
0: yeah. else as long as you're as long as you're sort of showing interest in mm-hmm. the per- in the other person's uh, Life and as long as you're showing interest in, in their happiness and their well-being I think that's kind of a good mm. uh, Bit of advice I think is to focus on you know, how are you are you well basically is everything mm-hmm. good and keep it positive ask sort of ask questions that allow the person to talk about themselves a little bit sometimes we we ask about you know our feelings like how's your new job you mm-hmm. know oh it's good thanks i'm having a, you know it's it's a little bit stressful or oh, that must be difficult um, so sort of sympathetic friendly asking about personal experiences and maybe asking about uh, friends or relatives things like that okay Yes.
1: I think that's okay.
0: All right. So let's move on to Omar Dabi. And Omar says, Thanks, Luke, for your work. In fact, I don't have particular questions to ask. I'm just waiting to listen and learn. Well, it's happening now, Omar. You're listening and you're learning at the same time. I
1: hope you're learning something.
0: I hope you're not forgetting things that you used to know. (laughs) Right. Right. Tatiana says,
1: Hi Luke. Thanks for your work. Your podcast really helps me to improve my skills in listening. I hope that Sarah will be okay soon and the flu isn't serious. Thank you Tatiana. I'm I'm feeling much better. It was not very serious but, you know, When the weather changes, you get sick. it's going round at the moment. Um, Please ask her, how much time is it necessary to spend learning English every day before you can speak English fluently? Tatiana, well, considering that I started doing this when I was a baby, it took years Yeah, uh, all the time. And that's when you're a baby. 24-7. You learn differently as a baby. So um, I would say kind of some of the themes that we've already touched on, you know, of course, in a vacuum, uh, you know, just take it all in as much as you can. But Mm -hmm. that's, you know, you have a life, I don't know where you live, you have a job, you have friends, you have family. So, I would say try to do as much as you can in a meaningful way. Meaning, uh, don't think that you can just turn on a movie in English and have it playing in the background and be cleaning your house and just think that way it's, Mm. you know, it's gonna get in there. It has to be engaging for you, um, and I think it takes a little bit of everything, honestly. You need to to read a little, uh, listen a little, uh, maybe write a little, um, mm-hmm. a kind of a mix.
0: I think, um, I mean, Tatiana's actually specifically asked how, how long, like uh, how much time is necessary. It's, um, I mean, it's to be honest, it's difficult to give like a specific number of days or right. specific number of hours before you can get fluent, and it depends. It depends on each individual. Some people seem to pick the language up really fast and they get fluent really quickly. Others, it takes a lot longer. Um, so, Tatiana, I guess it sort of depends on you and your your, your personality. Um, yeah. But you're right. Sarah is right. I mean, what we do know is that if you sort of actively Uh, you know engage with the learning process that's going to help and if you do lots you know do as many things as you can stay positive be patient um, and uh, get involved with the learning process that's going to help I think I did an episode a couple of years ago which is called are you a good learner of English and I, I recommend that you go back to that episode and listen to it because it's full of Bits of advice on how to be a good learner of English, basically. There, um,
1: um, Sorry. No, there was a it. study uh, that I saw recently uh, that said in order to gain fluency on a social level in English, it can take three to five years.
0: Whoa. Three to five years of what, though?
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, engaging in a meaningful way on a regular basis and for academic, you know, five to seven years. But this is, we're talking bilingual, bilingualism, yeah. like you're 100%. That doesn't mean you can't have a very high level sooner than that. I think for me, something that's quite annoying, I moved to France. I've been in France for over a year. I've been a, a student of French. And people say, oh, you must be fluent by now. Yeah. And I'm like, no. It, it's very difficult to learn a foreign language mm. and you don't gain fluency like that.
0: Tatiana, if, if, you, if you did nothing but operated purely in English, you spoke English all day, you studied English, you listened to English, and then outside of your classes, everything was in English. In fact, there was no Russian or no... Or I don't know what your first language is, Tatiana, but um, there's no... You, you never hear or read your first language... You just operate for, like, a whole year just in English. That, obviously, is going to be a lot more effective than a year in which you spend six hours studying in a class. And then as soon as you leave that classroom, it's back to your first language again. Then, you know, that's not going to be as effective. So it really depends on how you spend the time. So it's very hard to you know yeah. give a a, a, num- a specific number of days, and
1: I don't think Luke is saying you do the first thing because that's not realistic yeah, and that's not yeah. how life is. Yeah, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, you can you can. Um, it's just a question of balance, you know. Often people can't do everything in English. It depends, but um, generally speaking, it I think it takes about a year or at least a year. I think to again, it depends where your starting point is. But it's a long-term, it's a long-term thing, definitely.
1: I mean, for my students over the summer, I recommended, um, and this is for a intermediate English student, um, I just gave an exercise, write for 10 minutes in a journal every day of a topic of your choice, sometimes I gave him topics, Mm -hmm. and also read for an hour, and this was for a child on summer break, so you they know they're not working, and read for an hour every day. Yeah, good. And to do that, uh, when you're not in the classroom setting, uh, I think was helpful for him. So my point is, if you create a goal for yourself, a daily goal, and it, and it can be small, it can be just I'm going to read in English for 15 minutes every day. That's meaningful. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, don't think. You know of course obviously the more you can do but be realistic to yourself and make a goal that's achievable that's hard but achievable
0: I think uh, setting realistic goals is a very useful thing to do often it's a question of being organized if you're organized about your learning and you set yourself some realistic goals then that kind of allows you to make steps more more easily but Tatiana we don't know what your learning process is as a matter of fact so, uh, you know, feel free to share your, your approach to learning. I wonder how, you, how you're doing it. Uh, maybe it's just Luke's English podcast and that's enough. And who knows? Maybe you're going to be like the, the president of your country one day and you'll, you'll speak uh, like, uh, like me. You know, that would be interesting. Yes, imagine the president. And we now welcome the president of Russia, um, Tatiana. I don't know if Tatiana's from Russia, but <laughs> so I, I, and that might be very offensive. But she comes along and goes, Hello, everyone. Welcome to my country. This is uh, Tatiana from Tatiana's Country. And <laughs> Tatiana's Country
1: podcast. I mean, Tatiana's Country. <laughs>
0: um, today, I'm um, I, I, Today, I'm ratifying a peace agreement. You might think to yourself, what's a peace agreement? Well... That would be if, if the president of a country had learnt their English from Luke's English <laughs> podcast. That's going to be a sketch. But good,
1: it's okay, because we're going to have a cup of coffee with <laughs> Sarah Donnelly, who's going to explain her methods of ratifying a peace agreement.
0: Feel free, uh, delegates from other countries who have gathered here today, feel free to leave a comment um, under this, this speech. Uh, <laughs> I know that's not possible, but uh, nevertheless... Um, let's carry on.
1: Let's carry yeah. on. All right,
0: so uh, we're near at the end of these questions, and the, the next one is Mohammed Reza, who says... Um, why... Oh, he says, why do I get confused sometimes when I speak? I know the words, but I can't remember them at the time of speaking. Is there any method to tackle this? Oh, dear. Okay, I've heard this thing, which is that... Um, something a, a, a teacher friend of mine called Francis told me once or I heard him explain it that the there are two parts of the brain okay there's well there's there's your mouth which does the speaking and then there's the grammar section of your brain and they are connected but they're connected by a very thin line okay <laughs> and sometimes the connection breaks so when you're speaking um uh you know you lose the connection with the part of your brain that understands the rules of grammar and the meaning of words um so I guess that's what happens is that you store knowledge of the language in a different place in your of your brain to the part which deals with speaking and and creating discourse on the spot. Um,
1: well, it's very difficult uh, when you're responding in a second language or third language or whatever, or language that you're non-native language and mm. you have to... You're creating the sentence, you know, you're trying to express feeling that you have or an opinion especially if you're trying to kind of check yourself as you go along and say okay Mm. am i am i putting the verb in the right place have i conjugated this correctly and all these things Uh, i i I experienced this in french yeah um and it is frustrating you're just trying to get the words out or you can't say what you want to say uh but i think in those moments and I have to remind myself this as well. Yeah. Uh, you can take a minute, not not a minute, but you can take a few seconds and take the pause, and then try again. Because, you know, when we get worked up, when we get frustrated, uh, even you know, it's like when you're having an argument with someone. If you get worked up and you get frustrated, and things aren't coming out the way that you want them mm. to, so try to maybe take a moment to calm yourself down. You know, even just a beat. Wait, mm. yes, and then try and then go for the second time. Uh, and the more c- you learn and the more comfortable you become, that happens less. But of course, even when I speak English, there are times I forget words or uh, the end of what I'm trying to say, the point I'm trying to make. I mean, it's just normal, we're humans.
0: I think uh also it's practice just practice practice yeah. practice the more you you practice speaking the 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 more you're exercising that part of your brain um, it's like going to the gym in a way, practice it again and again, and it'll become easier. just practice yep. practice 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 um my i iP- i 'm giving up on the iPad because for some reason, I think to be honest it's the app it's not the iPad. It's the Facebook app that I'm using. So I'm switching to my mobile. You know what, Sarah? We missed out some questions. We
1: did. I know we did because there was one that I read Mm. and hasn't been addressed. I'm
0: going to try and deal with them. So Joaquin says, hi, congratulations for the podcast. It's cool. Thanks. I'd like to know if British and American teachers have the same approach to teaching. My British teachers have always taught the language with a high dose of grammar, together with their country culture and customs. While the Americans have been more worried about teaching how to communicate in daily life rather than being very academic in the use of, lang- in the use of English. Um, I-, I think I can probably answer that pretty quickly and say, I find y- you could say it the other way around as well. I think hmm. in Britain we often teach with reference to everyday English and customs and culture. I, I-, I know in Britain you-, you get lots of different types of course. Some which are more academic have a more academic focus on the language, and others which are a lot more practical and based on generally just how to achieve certain functional
1: things in the language. For people who are asking questions about differences in teaching styles, and maybe you are asking this because you are looking to find an English class, um, yeah, I think. look into different schools because there's going to be different approaches and I think you can get the sense of, you know, is this going to be more academic and focused on really the nuts and bolts and repetition? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they offer things like, you know, small group outings? What, what are kind of the differences in the programs? Am I going to be in a class with 50 people yeah. uh, in a lecture-type setting or am I going to be in a smaller group?
0: Uh, it, d- it depends on the... Individual institution, or yeah. even the teacher. So, yeah, it's 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 very hard to make generalisations about these things. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I'm afraid due to a technical problem, that's all I have of that recording. Um, now, originally, Sarah and I talked for at least another 20 minutes uh, in response to your questions, but because of my old and uh, malfunctioning computer. For some reason, I lost the last 20 minutes. So uh, that's all for this episode, I'm afraid. And I will speak to you again at some point in the near future. So that's it. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com.